You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 44. This is Writing Excuses, Alien Characters. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And everybody was expecting me to be an alien. Yeah, oh, we all thought goodness. you'd say I'm Howard in Klingon. <laughs> um, alien characters. So one of the nice things about kind of having a science fiction fantasy themed podcast, even if not all of our topics are specific about that, is we can occasionally dig into something like this. How do you write from the viewpoint of a race who has never existed and is supposed to seem very, very strange to the person experiencing the narrative. 
So first of all, let me suggest that you do not base them on a human civilization. Uh, because human civilizations exist with context that is specific to the world around them. The aliens would have grown up in a completely different context. You can certainly take patterns that, that people go through, but uh, just sit, taking and saying, well, these are, these are my, uh, these are my um, like Dune. I mean, mm-hmm. Dune are humans, but still, yeah. you know, these are my, my pseudo-Arabic kind of desert people. These, yeah, these are my bug people who are all like Roman centurions. Yeah. And well, well, and I'm going to say that's very natural for us to do because human creativity is re- recombining things we yeah. haven't seen. Um, but we're going to suggest that you push a different direction yes. and combine different things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and the problem is that if you aren't thinking about the context, mm-hmm. uh, um you can you can go terribly sideways. So what I do say suggest is that you first look at um I mean, you can go a, a couple of different ways, and it, I say first, you can either begin with the kind of landscape and the geography and then create the characters mm-hmm. from that, or you can begin with the kind of character that you want and then backfill to the environment that created that. Okay. Mm. So um, ultimately the question that, that needs to be asked first is – how is this alien, what is the medium by which you are going to portray this alien to the person consuming your media? Uh, I get to draw pictures, and so I can do things that people who are writing prose can't do. Uh, if all you have is words, then one of the tools that you are going to have to look very, very closely at is how does being this kind of alien affect the way their point of view would be described? How does it affect the way they speak if they are able to speak in the language that your other characters speak, because as a writer, words are the tool that you have to describe that. Yeah, that's that's where I wanted to go, because that's how I always start is with the form of communication specifically. Hmm. How is this? Because that's what the character is going to be doing throughout the story is communicating in some form. How are they going to do that? Um, and so as an example, in the partials series, the partials themselves I gave them a pheromonal communication system. They can speak, but they can also communicate through sense and these other things. That changed absolutely everything about their society. The more I followed the ramifications of that, of how they would interact with each other, of how the humans would perceive them, of how they would perceive the humans, of all of the problems that would arise when they try to talk to each other and are obviously missing obvious cues. Um, so starting with that form of communication for me is incredibly helpful. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this. Um, how do you write a character whose motivations are completely alien? There are, I think, some motivations that are consistent that you can actually pull into the aliens. Okay. Um, that are consistent with, with humans. Uh, and that I think most creatures will have a priority on shelter uh, reproduction and food. And at a very base level, that is what drives all of us. So you can look at how that then affects the aliens. Um, so I had, I wrote a story called, uh, the bride replete, which was, um, all aliens all the time. I did not have a human v- viewpoint character. Humans just don't exist. And for that, um, looking at okay so if if reproduction is important then how does how does the uh what is the society 
uh, reproductive structure look like? What does the family unit look like for this? And then once you get that, then it, it becomes much easier to extrapolate based on or to convey it in a way that will make sense to an, a human reader. Okay. Yeah, so, but my question, that's great. Oh, my I question think, though is, how would you write one that didn't have one of those motivations? Completely yeah, alien see, motivation. Coming up, coming up with the motivation is often difficult. Mm-hmm. Let me describe a motivation that we don't think of as alien, but which probably looks pretty alien if you pull away all of the indicators. And that is, I want to be on the left-hand side on the freeway so I can go faster. Mm-hmm. There is this tendency that we want to be on the left. Why? Well, because there's these rules of the road that have nothing to do with our biology. If you have an alien who, uh, as part of their socialization, they want their eye line to be lower than yours. Mm. The way that this interaction is going to take place, why do they keep getting on the ground? Why are they lying down? Why Why do these things keep happening? Why is the physical positioning changing in ways that the if they're human characters, they don't understand. But see, the the wanting to be on the left side absolutely does have to do with our biology because it's a holdover from that's the side that your sword was on because most people were right-handed. Well, except in England and South Africa, it's exactly reversed. Right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cap this point. one. I think the point that perhaps is salient here is even in your description of that, you can find something to relate in our society that you can tie it to? Is that the idea? Take something that seems completely unrelatable at the beginning, but over time kind of relate it to something um, that the reader's going to understand? I guess what what my point was Mm -hmm. is that um, if you're you're talking about an alien that has a a completely alien motivation, Mm -hmm. that that for me, that motivation is still going to be rooted in, in one of those three things mm-hmm. at, at some point going back to it. Okay. Um, and that you can use that as the line with which to communicate it to the reader. So if my alien motivation is the needing to be on the, you know, needing to have the lower eye level, well, why does that exist? Is it, is, is that a, uh, is that a, a, a shelter strategy? Is that a, is mm-hmm. that a reproduction strategy? Is that a food strategy? You know, what, where does that come from? And then that informs a lot of the, you know, why they right. make those choices, even if it's, even if it's a holdover. I think that's, that's very cool. Um, of course, it makes me as a writer want to say, I want to find something that's not related it's to. Not. There, but there that's, what, that's the challenge yes. when we hear yeah. that, that. I think that's where I'm going. I'm like, but I want to. But yeah, I think that this is one way certainly An interesting, to approach oh, Go ahead, Dan. So I, I, I'm thinking of two examples specifically, and, and both of them hinge around the idea of how that motivation is presented. The first one is kind of a cheat in the movie Arrival. Um, because you're not actually getting a view, viewpoint from the aliens, the entire story really hinges around, well, what is their motivation in the mm-hmm. first place? Right. And so yeah. they can have something that is incredibly alien, and the humans are all just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, are they benevolent? Well, why would aliens be benevolent? Like, it's hard mm-hmm. for some people to even conceive of that. One of the other examples I'm thinking of was actually a piece of uh, war machine fiction um, written from the point of view of an incredibly, basically evil race of people. Um, And what made it so well done is that the entire story was written from within that moral framework. And so when all of the viewpoints you were getting 
took as granted that these are the principles by which obviously we should all be living our lives, then it started to make an incredible kind of internal sense. Okay. Now, one of the examples that I like to look at is uh, from uh, the second of James P. Hogan's giant, Giants novels. Um, there's a, the, the planetary ecology. Um, they evolved in such a way that nothing could eat anything else except plants. All of the animals developed the we are toxic strategy to where evolutionarily it became so expensive to try and be something that ate other animals that it was a planet full of vegetarians. And the artwork that they created, they say the artwork, actual pictures of the wild made no sense to us because it looked like a children's book because it was so brightly colored. Um, And so this is one of those cases where uh, something that we would expect as a given, uh, I mean, whether or not that's actually practical, something that we would expect as a given had been ripped out and all of these aliens were now suddenly very, very alien. War, eating, meat, completely, completely uh, not part of their psychology. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's stop for our book of the week. Uh, Dan, you're going to tell us about Blood Rose Rebellion. Blood Rose Rebellion, which for the most part does not actually have any really alien characters in it. It's by Rosalind Eves. It is historical fantasy. Uh, It starts in a version of 1800s London where magic is real and is purely the domain of the upper class. And our main character, teenage debutante, who's ready to come out into society and can't because she does not have magic. And so the parents are embarrassed and they end up shipping her off uh, to Budapest to live with grandma where polite society won't know that they have this non-magical daughter. And then she gets involved with um, one of Hungary's many rebellions. And uh, it is one of the most beautifully written YA anythings that I have ever read. Awesome. Incredibly cool. And uh, for the... To, to hit our topic a little bit, uh, there are some weird magical creatures that keep kind of slipping into our world. And though we don't get to know them well, they are all inc- just fascinating and, and gorgeously described. Now, we also, when we were brainstorming for this, uh, we wanted to promote this book because we love it. Because mm-hmm. you thought it was awesome. But we Mary came up with a story that the rest of us hadn't heard of. That yes, um, so th- if you want to read something really alien... This is uh, Love is Never Still by Rachel Swirsky, and it's available at Uncanny Magazine. So if you just go there and type in Love is Never Still, it'll, it'll pop right up. 
This is uh, the, the Pygmalion story. So uh, the sculptor who creates Galatea, the, the, the sculpture and comes to life. It's told from like 20 different viewpoints, including um, summer, the season. The season, the season is, has is a, a viewpoint. Yes. The pedestal that she stands on has a viewpoint. She has a viewpoint while she's still a piece of marble. Uh, uh, the uh, the hearth god's hammer has a viewpoint. It's just, it's amazingly complex and varied and just a great example of this uh, alien viewpoint thing. Awesome. And where can people find that? Uncanny Magazine. Awesome. Dot com. So one of the things that I see happening in, when using alien characters is uh, the writer specifically choosing one aspect of their culture that is just going to confuse the reader intentionally. Um, I kind of thought of this as using a sense of wonder as a bludgeon. <laughs> like something that you're not even going to make your story about or explain. It's just, look at how bizarre this is. Have you ever done that? Um, is the, What are the advantages of that? Um, as a writer, I would think, because everyone's staring at me as they think, Um, I would think the danger would be when you put something like that in a story, you're going to assume that it's going to take like a left hand darkness turn or something that, you know, the, oh, um, the, the thing that is at first confusing or different is eventually going to become major story point or character motive or things like this. It's It's a, it's a promise. It's a promise to the reader Mm -hmm. when you open with that, you got to have a reason for it. I don't know what promise necessarily you're making, Uh but if your story is going to be a success, the reader at the end has to feel like you've fulfilled on that right. promise. I don't like doing it that way. I think I've done it before mm-hmm. um, where I've just drawn something weird because I thought weird would be fun. And mostly it was annoying. And I realized uh, I haven't justified this in a way that's entertaining me. And I think it does depend on how it's positioned in the story. If it's positioned and in a way that um, that you're making the reader go, why is that? And then you bring it up again and they're still going, why is that? They're going to feel like that's a promise. If you just bring it up once and it's a piece of tonal color mm-hmm. uh, the, and it's like in the in mid paragraph, so in a position of non-importance, they're probably just going to accept it and move on. So I do think it depends on, on a little bit of that. Yeah. One of my favorite alien cultures uh, of my own is the Oafa, who are the uh, hydrogen bag, uh, they look like, you know, blimps and their language, you know, once ever, once they've learned gal standard, their language is full of wind metaphors and flavor metaphors. Um, and boy, did I have to go to the thesaurus to pull <laughs> this stuff up. But as I was writing dialogue between the cultural liaison and the multi-million year old librarian, uh, at one point, the Oafa librarian says to the liaison, you know, you, you've been breathing the air of the poets because she has made a wind metaphor that works. And that moment, when you have a character moment like that, where the alien and the human have come to an understanding and the reader gets it, the reader feels awesome. Yeah. And that's what I was aiming for. Not mm. sense of wonder, but just sense of, sense of being included, sense of being part of that relationship. I, I had a, a story um, in which my characters, uh, the, the 
the, the species was um, based on the kind of like the life cycle of a butterfly. So they spend an incredibly long time as a caterpillar and then they transform and then they're this beautiful, beautiful creature. So in this society, the, the, the young, the larva state is the, is the state that gets all of the work done. Because when they go through the transformation, metamorphosis, when they come out on the other side, their memories are totally scrambled. Mm-hmm. And so the, the adult state is your retirement. And because of that, they have built this whole system around memory and uh, have hired documentarians to come in and document their life so that when they come out of the cocoon, they can try to remember things. So one of the things that I was playing with in the beginning of the story was that question of why are you documenting things? And then realizing, oh, oh, this is what's at stake, that you will come out and not know your own family. Um, wow. Sounds cool. What's the name of this story? I can't remember the name of my own story. <laughs> <laughs> it's I funny think, because before so the go podcast, out, readers, you said you were going to well, do this. The, I, I wrote down the name of the other one, The Bride Replete, <laughs> but I forgot I, had, was, I forgot about this one. Um, yeah, The Bride Replete was basically what happened. I know. Well, we'll, uh, we'll put it in the uh, liner yeah, notes. Yeah, I'll put it in. Uh, let's go ahead and do our homework. Um, and Howard, you had a homework for us. Yes. Um, as I as I said at the beginning of the episode, um, the tool that you have as a writer in order to convey alienness is words. And most frequently, that is going to come up in the way someone speaks. Um, if you are familiar with Doge speak, uh, which is the the Shiba Inu meme, um, which you might know as doggy speak. Doggy speak. Is there a competing pronunciation? Yeah. <laughs> um, the take take that language, and you can you can look up the grammar rules for that language. It's recognizable even without a picture of a dog under it. Um, take the rules of that language and take dialogue from one of your characters and turn it into that. Uh, an example here, and I'm just going to read two lines of it. Uh, of someone having done this to Shakespeare. What light so breaks such east, very sun? Wow, Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.